This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Now, back to your tech report. My next guest is a, a recurring character now on the show. He is the vice chair of the Linux Foundation Networking Mac. I'm not really sure what that means, but you guys can figure it out. You can follow him online at Into Sandeep. That's S-A-N-D-E-E-P. On all your social media, Sandy Panasar, welcome back to your tech report. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. So a couple weeks ago, we had you on. We talked all about the Rogers outage, if I can speak, it would be a lot better. Um, I think we've since kind of recovered from that in terms of our communications, but it brought up a conversation that, that you actually introduced, which was, I guess, business continuity is the buzzword. And, and that led me down a rabbit hole because I've got a lot of clients. I myself, you know, look at things like business continuity, how do I keep my systems up and running when something like that happens or could happen in the future, because there's no doubt it's going to happen again. And, you know, the reason I never really went down the rabbit hole deep enough was because in my mind, and, and granted, it's about 10 years old, um, it was a very expensive endeavor for any business, small, medium, large to have multiple carriers and worry about the, you know, the the load and making sure things failed over properly. Now, I called you up. I said, hey, is it still expensive? Because I've got a client who's doing in the broadcast world. And you said, no, Mark, this is, come on, come on, this is, I said, you know what, stop. Don't even answer the question. Let's get you on the show. And here we are today to dispel the myth or hopefully dispel the myth and make people realize that it's not an expensive endeavor anymore. This is not tens of thousands of dollars to make sure your business can stay up and running, right? Yeah, for the most part, yes. I think th <laughs> these days you don't need to spend exorbitant amount of funds, right, to to do this. Now, <clears throat> what I will say is, larger corporations that have access to larger cash pools will go out and they will buy MPLS connections and connectivity and put that stuff in place for their infrastructure. And that's because that's something they want to do, right? So if you, you look at dark fiber, lit fiber, et cetera, right? That just means that you have services on the fiber or not. And so these are things that larger organizations will do. So they have direct connections, direct connectivity, et cetera. And those companies you, obviously realize the importance of business continuity. I think a lot of the smaller businesses, especially with this recent outage, are now right. realizing that they need to worry about this. Well, so 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 here, here's, here's the funny thing here, right, in, in all of this is, a lot of those companies realized they need to do it, but they were still not doing it. They were just paying for hardened connections, right? So if you think about what fiber actually was, okay, you'll have two providers, but they're using each an X number of strands, but they're all still going through the same conduit. So if the conduit gets cut, you're still screwed, right? So that's not diversity. Diversity, real diversity means that you have one coming path coming from one side, one path coming from another side, and that's how you make it diverse. You have two different providers, but you also have two different relay options. And you know, the 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 person on the street doesn't necessarily know how that's all getting to them. They don't know the history about how DSL was created, how cable was created and how they were all put together. But the one thing that we do know as common people, right, myself included, is that cable and DSL are completely different which means that if you get one and one, then you can be safe. 
so the nice thing about today's technology is that there you're able to bond multiple carriers and connections together. You're able to create a single tunnel for your site or for your location, and then you can connect it to any kind of clouds. So your redundancy is built in, in if you if you go with one of those types of services. Now, that does mean that you have to pay for two connections or two last mile connections to your, your place. But same token, if the technology is good enough, then you know you can do single IP, things like single IP failover. You can do things like, <clears throat> excuse me, you can do things like single IP failover. You can create uh, a single tunnel around all of that stuff. And you can also, um, you know, uh, cut from wireline to wireless. So meaning that if you have the right type of hardware, you can go from 5G to LTE to a wired connection if you really needed to. So think about a remote site. You can bring that, like these are what we what we in the industry call near net, right? So they're kind of close, but it'd be too expensive to bring them online. So you can bring these near net sites online. Then you can make them redundant and you could not make the site redundant, but make the connectivity redundant and then also create diverse paths for them. So that's a huge deal and a game changer. And in terms of cost and cost pricing, if you look at what the cost of an MPLS is, like if we're talking about trenching conduits, we're talking about, yeah. you know, uh, tractors that are coming in and, and like literally digging up the road, um, you know, and then splicing off and going to your site. Like that's expensive stuff, right? Let, it's not cheap. And that that all goes back to the customer. Let me let me let me rewind a bit because um you know there's Go people people out there listening that that know all the buzzwords you're talking about know what MPLS is know the history of telecom but I think it's important to sometimes go back for a second and make people understand um let's let's go 50 years ago you know when it came to a building and let's use Bell as the example because they were the monopoly at one given point in time a building you know popped up and there was literally one conduit one pipe going to that building with cable for all the services in that building. And that's what you're talking about when you're talking about the physical conduits. It's actually literally a conduit with normally with copper cable in there. And that's that right. might have been modernized and people might have passed fiber optic <clears throat> line. But as you said, Bell might use that. Videotron might use that. Tech Savvy and other companies might lease lines off of Bell. So just because you're using these different carriers does not mean that there's another physical pipe going outside of your building. So as you said, if that gets cut, Everybody's cut. It's not only Bell Rodgers and whatever's using that pipe. It's everybody in that pipe. So when you talk about trenching and bringing in new lines, that's literally physically getting tractors on site and connecting a fiber line from another part of the city into your building. And that can be costly. There are companies that will definitely eat the cost of that if obviously they see the benefit of of other subscribers in the building. I've done that before. I've seen that before. Um but, you know, our infrastructures now, and I know this is going to be dependent on location, do companies, do they even consider that anymore when they're going into a building? I know if you're in the data business, then definitely you're looking at that kind of thing on the IT side. But, you know, brick and mortar businesses, look at your small companies from like, I don't know, no. five to 100 employees. They don't even think about that, do they? No, no they, they, they absolutely absolutely don't. And I think that's where the challenge that we have is, Right. So the challenge at we, and it's a, it's a royal we, right? But the, the challenge that we have is how do we want to look at our business continuity? Because the, the thing is, you can go all the way down, right? But are you going to bring extra conduit and extra fiber and all that stuff into the building? No, that's never going to happen, right? It's just way too costly, way too expensive. 
Now, I have had customers, which were data centers, who have done that, but they need to do that because yeah. they need to have that diversity, that redundancy, and that's what they do because they're providing a service for their customers. But if you're talking about like a mom and pop or like me, like, you know, working from home or whatever the case may be, I'm not trenching an extra fiber. <laughs> like, it's just not worth it unless I'm making like a ton of cash and it's a, it's a profit center, then great. You know, maybe I'll do that. And maybe because it's such a profit center, like it becomes down comes down to a money equation, but the yeah, reality is, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But but the reality is, if if you are um, work from home or a Roho like remote office, home office, or uh, you know a Soho kind of office, then you know one cable connection, one DSL connection, bonded together, uh, or not even doesn't even have to be bonded; it could just be pure failover, right? Because there's lots of companies out there that are doing failover. And bonded, by the way, bonded, by the way, means you're using both connections bandwidth to make a more stable connection, whereas failover is if one goes down, the other one picks up the load. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm explaining, so, I'm explaining it to the audience out there who may not understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I take it for granted sometimes when we have conversations like this that uh, that everybody listening understands the terminology and the stuff that we're using. <clears throat> but it's 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 totally normal, guys out there, that you might not know what that stuff means. And unless you've encountered it personally, sometimes it's one of these things that's like, OK, well, you take it for granted. And I think that really brings us back to the beginning, which is how a lot of businesses approach it. They get a line. I got internet. That's great. They don't think about the consequences and things like that, Roger outage rogers outage makes you think about the consequences and how it may affect your business which is why for example in my house i've got bell which is fiber i've got videotron which is cable separate separate physical connections however i could tell you it's still going on the same telephone pole on the outside of my house so if that pole's cut i'm still screwed that's why i've got wireless as a backup well and you're you're 100 right there right so you know that last mile that that piece what we call last mile right which is probably longer than a mile right it's usually from <laughs> kilometers from, from the slam wherever the slam is or, yeah. or wherever, wherever the cable uh, drop off is right that comes to your house but they all go through the same poles they're all in the same lines when it gets cold in winter and covered with ice and one of those cables snap you're done yeah. right it doesn't matter what you've got in your house and it's because it's all coming down the same track but i think the the thing that businesses need to think about is perhaps less and particularly i'm speaking to the small businesses or the people that are working from home those kind of businesses that are never going to trench they're never going to put extra uh wire in and even if you put extra wire in guess what it's probably going to go through the same track that the other conduit went yeah which means that unless you pay extra money to go through a different path if one gets cut the other one's going to get cut so it's kind of irrelevant you know, we come up with this this idea of redundancy, but redundancy is really based on what is your risk acceptance level. So as a business, you sit there and you go, okay, so what is the risk that I'm willing to take? It's just like insurance. Yeah. You, know, you, you pay for insurance. So what is the risk that I'm willing to pay for? What I'm what is the risk I'm willing to mitigate? Whether it's one of my my key men in the organization, whether it's an executive or someone else in the organization or a key woman, um, you know, you pay for that risk insurance. Um, and then once that's done, then you just pray that it never happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the thing for business continuity is when it happens, you suddenly go, everything that I paid for this business continuity is suddenly worth it because I'm up. You're down. I still have my interact. I can still charge customers. Think of a restaurant. 
pick any restaurant you want, right? <clears throat> if their ability to take money in is compromised, then they can't sell anything, yeah. which means that their stock is going bad, which means that, you know, customers are leaving, which means that they can't take in money, which means that they're losing money, right? So it's a whole, it, it's all tied together. But if we boil it down, what it comes down to is that whole piece of how do we connect our our, our businesses, souls, whatever you want, to all the other people that are coming to consume our products because we have developed a reputation or a brand or whatever the case may be. And how do we ensure that they can still get the same quality of service? And quality of service is an interesting thing because if you think about quality of service, everybody and quality of service is a technical term, QOS, right? Which is literally quality of service. But think about that for a second. From a business standpoint, quality of service is how am I serving my customers? How am yeah. I doing this? How am I doing, how am I delivering my product to you? But from a from an infrastructure standpoint, quality of services, um, how am I getting you packets and information back and forth? How reliable? And yeah. how how am I being reliable and how am I prioritizing things? Right. So that quality of service comes from the service industry. It's just been imprinted on the infrastructure industry or a group or whatever you want to call it. And that is the same thing. It's like, if you go to McDonald's quality of service is how fast, how quick and how good. Now you think about infrastructure, it's how fast, how quick, how good do I stay up? Are we still delivering the same product and the same service? So business continuity is about the quality of service. So let's let's flash back for a second. Let's think out loud uh, and have a hypothetical conversation here. So let's let's assume our wireless carriers are reliable. Um, let's say they use different, you know, they use different frequencies, different poles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how reliable is wireless as our failover? And is it cost effective, or is it is it affordable or attainable? by you know regular mom and pop shop to just diversify their carriers and do they end up down the same rabbit hole which is same conduit same path of information if i use rogers and i use use bell are they using the same frequencies because my phone uses the same frequencies are they using the same path or are we down that same rabbit hole having one one tunnel out to the world uh when it comes to things like 5g and lte everybody buys off of everybody the towers are all shared uh, well, I shouldn't say all shared, uh, mostly shared, depending on which province you're in. Now I'm speaking specifically about Canada. Canada is a little bit of a, a little bit of a show uh, <laughs> in terms of how we do things. Uh, Canada is very expensive for LTE and 5G. So if you're going to spend money on data and things like that, it's very hard. They, they, you know, the VOLTE, which is the voice over LTE, or I guess it will be VO 5G, whatever they're calling it now. Um, that's expensive right? because you're using data, you're consuming data, right? The only reason it's expensive is because that's just the way it's regulated in Canada and that's the way we do our pricing and that's the way we do everything. But you go to Europe, it's dirt cheap. You go to uh, the US, it's dirt cheap to do that kind of stuff. So is it a good, reliable backup solution? Yes. Is it cost effective? Not in Canada, but everywhere else in the world, it absolutely is. You know, Canada is probably the, the worst culprit in terms of uh pricing 
uh, for this kind of stuff. And I'm sure you're well aware we pay the we pay some of the world's highest yeah. uh, sell rates and things like that. But we also have <clears throat> three, four companies here that are all fighting each other with one that's just consuming everything, every province as it gets a chance. So <clears throat> Canada is not the greatest uh, example. You know, if I use Europe, it's dirt cheap. If I use the US, it's dirt cheap. And yes, it is a good failover solution. So if you imagine, and particularly with 5G, because 5G is not it, just it up the game. It, up, it also up the game in terms of speed and and exactly, you know, yeah. exactly, right? Which means you can now get similar kind of data speeds, if not better, uh, on your 5G. And let's face it, if your if your wireline service is down, your wireless service will take over, and hopefully you're with a provider that can do a seamless cutover, right? You know, 300 milliseconds or less. And uh, which means you're not going to lose any of your voice, your data, any of that kind of uh, stuff as you are transitioning. And if you're going to do pure uh, redundancy, then, you know, at least your business stays up. You've got access to your service providers. Yeah. You know, the thing that that's not controllable is going to be the services that you're consuming from other people. Meaning that if you got Interact and Interact goes down because Interact didn't make clever decision and you know make themselves redundant or diversify uh, their providers you're still going to have problems you know and this is where we get a cascading effect you can only protect your business and your your and what you do so much well and you can create your that. own you can create your own redundancies too right i mean there's op, there's other options mm-hmm. besides taking interact payments to take a payment there's cash yeah, for you sure. know there's for there's sure. credit card there's, there's cash. different credit card providers and different things like that that you can have at hand to diversify so th- those are more i guess more ground level kind of uh you know gorilla i guess ways of, of creating redundancy for yourself but there's nothing wrong with having a paypal account a stripe account and a and a square account at hand it doesn't cost you anything if you don't use it for the most part so why not have that kind of stuff and people need to start thinking down those terms yeah and i agree with you right I mean, what we're talking about here is really is how do we protect ourselves from all of these networks and companies that we now inherently rely on? Because inherent reliability is really, it's a dependence. And so if we're depending on one company and one provider to always be there, and like I said last time, you know, it's, it's, um, It's almost like we take it all for granted. Well, it's not almost like we do take it for granted. We take it for granted that we have internet. We take it for granted that we're going to have cell phones. We take it for granted that we're going to have the ability to speak to each other. I mean, the fact that you and I are speaking like this is just, you know, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't even do this. No. And I think this is, this is our generation. I think that, um, you know, the, the, the 40 and up, or even maybe the 35 and up that, that at least remember the time there was a time we weren't able to do this. Okay. I wasn't (laughs) trying to date you. Okay. Um, uh, but my kids, you know, they, I, I still, I still joke with them because they don't know what a dial tone is. You know, they don't know what a busy signal is. They don't know how to answer a phone and say hello to somebody, you know, small little things like that we take for granted. And I think, us, we've become kind of like them where we take for granted services like this. And it goes back right to the beginning, which is, you know, planning for redundancies. Um, Sandeep, we're, we're running out of time, but I, I'm going to have you back on because I wanted there's so many things I want to talk about, like, you know, SLAs, one of those buzzwords that I think that we need Absolutely. to we need to ask ourselves. The question is, what is 
what are what's our what's the commitment from these carriers that we we subscribe to you know what are what are their obligations to us and if they don't meet that commitment what's the recourse and i think those are fun things that we could talk about down the road but uh, but for now i want to thank you for being here again if people want to follow you it's into sandeep on all social media uh you're vice chair of the linux foundation networking mac and, and a and a brilliant man when it comes to all things telecom and, and networking like this so uh please come back on in a couple of weeks and we'll get into some of the more nitty absolutely that is Sandy Panasar. We're going to take a quick break and come back here and wrap up the show. Thanks for being here, guys. Your tech report will be right back. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics, or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date. And give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed. And engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.